You are listening to Packers Now. Get the latest updates on the Green Gold because it's always Packers season at Packers Now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Ben Krakowski. In day two, the NFL draft finished last night, and we're about to start day three of the draft today. Uh, I want to look at the two players we drafted yesterday and uh, evaluate those picks, what they meant to the to the Packers team, and who's left um, to help the Packers take the next step. How can we maybe salvage this draft? So, um, start with A.J. Dillon, running back out of Boston College. What I love about this kid, simply how athletic he is for his massive weight at the running back position. He had a phenomenal 2019 season where he had an overall 91.3 grade, which is the second highest of all running backs coming into the draft, except Zach Moss, uh, higher than Jonathan Taylor, higher than Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. Dylan is six feet tall, 247 pounds, much heavier than your prototypical running back in today's NFL. True north-south runner who reminds me a lot of former Super Bowl winning running back Brandon Jacobs for the New York Giants with the size. Dylan had the sixth most, y- most yards after contact in 2019 and the fifth most forced t- missed tackles in 2019. So a guy who makes people miss and he uh, blows through contact and continues to fight forward for yards. Not only is he a bruiser blowing through these defenders, but he's fast. His his 40-yard dash was a 4.53, which is super fast at his age. And most importantly was his initial acceleration of 1.53, which was in the 93rd percentile and some serious power with a 41-inch vertical. The floor and Gudikins love what A.J. Dillon can bring to the team and think he was underutilized, actually, in college as a pass catcher. I really like A.J. Dillon, but I don't like that he was drafted this high. The Packers reached on a guy that I thought they could get two rounds later, maybe even in this draft. I think the Packers were upset that all the receivers they liked were taken much faster than they would have hoped and had to grab a guy like Dylan as a playmaker instead. I think what's hard about this pick for me is the fact that you could have easily added him in the third round, maybe not two rounds, but you could add him a whole round later and grabbed a guy like Jeremy Chin, who would have been an immediate starter on our defense, or Josh Jones, who would have been our tackle for the next 10 years. Uh, So... Not because I don't like the player, but because I don't like that he could have been drafted a whole round later or maybe even two. I gave this pick a C-plus grade for me. Packers need to do a better job with how they're using the draft picks. Next was in the third round, they, the Packers stayed where they're, where they're at, and they selected, selected tight end Josiah DeGuara out of Cincinnati. So DeGuara stands at 6'2", 242 pounds, and he had simply an okay college career where he had a 69.1 overall grade in 2019. Deguara is known for being a versatile player who can move around from inline to slot to H-back and be a great run blocker for your team, but not your typical run blocking tight end. He can still go out as a decent pass catching option. Yes, the Packers added to the tight end position. Whoa, they're helping Rodgers, but they added the wrong one. Adam Troutman was still on the board, who had an incredible 2019 season, one of the best for a tight end in PFF history, and he's a true inline tight end who is much more athletic than Deguara. I guess the one thing that Deguara brings that at Troutman isn't, uh, maybe isn't as good as at his ability to be a run blocker, but you can find run blockers as undrafted free agents at tight end. Uh, the Packers made a mistake here and didn't get the best weapon for Aaron Rodgers, and I give this pick a D. For the Packers, I'm not quite sure what is to be seen in this tight end, and I think the Packers again could have drafted Josiah at least a round later if they're really that high on him. But overall, just not a great pick. So, what to understand from the Packers draft so far? As we look at the at day two, the one thing I see is that the Packers want to make sure that nothing gets in the way of them being one of the more dominant rushing offenses in the NFL next season. Adding some insurance for Jones and a true run-blocking tight end, the Packers want to dominate on the ground and make it easy for Aaron Rodgers continuing to ease the weight 
off of Aaron Rodgers' shoulders with our rushing attack. So that's important. That's, I think that's what I'm taking from this draft. And as the draft gets started here on day three, some names and positions that really stick out to me, which are still available, and the Packers need to go after. But it might be hard because the Packers made the mistake of getting rid of their fourth-round pick two nights ago in the trade-up for Jordan Love. So first of all, the receiver position, the most important position probably for the Packers. Uh, to help Rodgers. There aren't a ton of names I love this late in the draft, but there are some, notably from the Big Ten. So KJ Hill, uh, one of the best route runners in the draft and true slot receiver is still available, but still will be selected in the fourth round and will require a pretty big trade-up, I think. So uh, more importantly to me is wide receiver Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota. So this seems like a guy that has the Packers written all over him. Tyler Johnson is seen as not super athletic, similar to maybe Jordy Nelson, James Jones, Greg Jennings. Uh, Devonta Adams even, but he produced in big ways in college. Johnson was PFF's highest rated receiver and his teammates like star safety Antoine Winfield Jr. speak very highly of him and talk about how hard it was to cover him. Johnson is another guy who dominated out of the slot and there's no receiver who's had better production over the last two seasons than Johnson. He had 25 touchdowns over the last two years and is compared consistently to Devonta Adams because of how good of a route runner and how good of a release he has at the start of his routes this is a guy the Packers may need to trade up for in the back end of the fourth round to secure I think one of the bigger steals at receiver in the draft that's a left the last one to mention is Quintus Cephas receiver out of Wisconsin Cephas is not an athletic specimen but he shined in the batter's offense as the only true number one receiver and Jeff Akuda, top corner in the draft spoke so highly of him that he was the hardest receiver he covered during his time in college and that was the number three pick in the draft. So that says a lot about Cephas, and I think he could be a steal in the sixth round. For offense alignment, there are a few O-line I really like still, like Ben Barch. Offense tackle could be a steal as a small school tackle. As well, there's Natain Muti, uh, who missed a lot of time in injuries in college, but he's the number one rated interior offense alignment, according to PFF. Or even Tyler Biotic, who struggled his senior season after a major surgery. If he can get healthy and get through rehab, he could be a plug-and-play center, especially in 2021 after Lindsley's gone. My favorite value interior defense alignment is still on the board in Bravion Roy out of Baylor, adding a true nose tackle to this team, which I would love, who can really rush the passer extremely well, even though he is fairly heavy. Um, some edge guys I like. Edge rusher Curtis Weaver is still on the board and will be selected soon, I think. Uh, I think the third highest uh, edge rusher, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, overall, and he's still on the board in the fourth round. So, and a small school prospect, Derek, Derek Tuxka, is out at NDSU, who I think in a couple of years could have an impact in the NFL. A few cornerbacks I really like, including slot corner Amik Robertson, very undersized, but can play especially well in man coverage in the slot, which I love. If he was two inches taller, I, or if he was three inches taller, he would probably be a first round prospect, but because of his lack of size, teams are undervaluing him and then Luke Barku seventh round maybe even undrafted guy I really love him from the start of the draft process he's being totally overlooked and some safeties I'm still interested are Kayvon Wallace and Geno Stone still on the board as well so those are a bunch of positions for the Packers who I really like still available um, uh, some picks just came in for the first round here uh, or the first part of the fourth round and none of the guys I just mentioned luckily um, there's a, some all those guys I just mentioned are still on the board. There's still a bunch of linebackers too, who maybe the Packers feel like they need to invest there. I personally don't, but if there's a guy that works for them, that might be a position to invest in as well. But I would rather see them continue to invest in the offense uh, 
offensive line or uh or more specifically more importantly continue to invest in the receiver position adding uh Quintus Cephas and Tyler Johnson hopefully so that's what I got for you guys uh I hope you guys enjoy day three of the NFL draft I'll be watching and I'll give you guys updates uh within the next day on how I'm feeling about everything so go pack thanks for watching Packers now